Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cotton Yarns, the podcast for Australian cotton growers where we'll pick the brains of the best and brightest of our industry to help you get the most out of your crop. G'day everyone and welcome back to Cotton Yarns. Today we're going to be chatting to Alan Jones from Agronomic Business Solutions and Kieran O'Keefe, the REO officer for Southern New South Wales, about all things black root rot. Right, so g'day Kieran and Alan and welcome to the Cotton Yards podcast, gents. Today we're going to have a bit of a yarn about one of the swear words from down south, black root rot. If you guys just want to start off, Alan, do you want to kick off, mate? Um, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came into the cotton industry. Sure, Angus. Um, yes, um, I uh, started working in the cotton industry in the Macquarie Valley in the late 90s and, and early 2000s, uh, working with agronomic consultancy business up there. Did get some experience with black root rot in, in the Macquarie Valley even back then. The past 19 years I've been down in southern New South Wales, based around Griffith, uh, Hilston Hay, yeah, working for a company called Agronomic Business Solutions, uh, doing cotton consultancy, managing cotton crops. Beauty. And Kieran, I'm sure most of the people listening will know who you are, mate, but do you want to give us a bit of an intro? Uh, yeah, I've been in the Griffith area since the early 90s. I worked as a ag teacher for a number of years and then took a district agronomist role at Collieambly for 10 years. And I've been with Cotton Info since the start of Cotton Info in 2013. Oh, very good. Very good. So, gents, black root rot, it's probably... It's a major issue down south. Well, I guess it's probably the major issue at the moment. I haven't had a lot, whole lot to do with it personally. We see it a little bit up here, but we don't get the, the temperatures that really really bring out the severity of black root rot up here as you guys down there. So, um, Kieran, I'll, I'll kick off with you, mate. Do you want to tell us, for those who don't know, what is black root rot and why it's such a major problem in the industry? It's, it's actually a naturally occurring fungus, was first discovered in the mid-80s up north and it actually blackens the roots of the host plant, the cotton plant, and it reduces uh, lateral roots. And it actually doesn't kill cotton, it just steals time. So it delays the crop by a number of weeks, so we tend to get later flowering and it's a problem down here because we're such a short season area. Yeah, rightio. So... Alan, how easily does it spread, or is it like Kieran said, it's a naturally occurring fungus? But can it be spread through farms, like some of the other diseases we see up here, like verticillium and uh, fusarium wilt? I guess in theory, Angus, it can it can spread, and obviously, come clean, go clean practices are still required. But but it, it's proven to be more a farming systems disease. Um, uh, in the south here, we're we're probably looking at possibly only five cotton crops um, and we start to see potentially start to see some hot spots of black root rot in fields and then it can obviously progress to become a lot worse over time in those fields once it's present yeah five cotton crops isn't many especially when you look down the barrel of of conditions like we have at the moment when we've got plenty of water available and 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 a really high cotton price you know people are going to try and, and push cotton back to back for you know possibly up to four years in a row so it sounds like it wouldn't take long to to cause some pretty significant damage in crops 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's obviously you just mentioned yeah back to back cotton. That's a a quicker way of getting getting yourself down the track of having black root rot issues. So I guess we'll talk talk through some of those management issues through this podcast. Yeah, mate, we will definitely. Um, Kieran, I mentioned earlier that we don't get the sort of cool temperatures like you guys do down there at the start and and towards the back end of your season. Is that one of the things that increases the severity of black root rot? Is the um the cool temperatures? Uh, very much so, Angus. It's uh, that starting temperature. We can actually delay planting, and because of the up and down nature of spring weather, you can delay and actually go into worse temperatures. And some years we actually have quite good temperatures in October, and uh, cold fronts come across in November and, and make it very challenging for those fields where there is black root rot. And Alan, you were saying, we spoke on the phone earlier, that because of your shorter season in terms of um, day degrees down there, you, you have to get in and plan a little bit earlier when it is cooler to, to try and get your um, accumulated day degrees to develop that crop. Yeah, in southern New South Wales, we're very limited by day degrees to to grow our cotton crop. Obviously, the introduction of Bolgard cotton did shorten up the uh, the season length to allow cotton growing in the south. But still, we're um, if we lose three weeks of growth through black root rot infection, we cannot make up that time that we've lost. So we're copying yield losses, and in the worst fields, in the worst years, we could be losing five bales to the hectare. In some lesser affected fields it might only be one bale but it's it's a very significant yield loss and then we also run into issues of being unable to mature uh, the later bowls on those affected black root rot affected fields so we're running into micronet discounts as well so it's very challenging uh, in the south in the northern areas we can lose can often lose time through black root rot but make it up at the back end of the season with a longer season but that's that's uh, unfortunately not the case in the in the southern growing areas yeah, and that's another reason why it's so hard so hard to control down there. Plus, you don't get, whereas verticillium wilt, you do see some reductions in, in pathogen levels where in rotation crops, whereas with black root rot, I don't think you get don't get any reduction really, do you, Alan? No, so rotation crops is a good way of delaying getting to that five cotton crops or five plus cotton crops to the point that you may start to see it. So if you're growing cotton every second year, it may take 10, 12 years before you see it. And there's a lot of growers that are at sort of at that stage now probably have grown their 10th or 12th season of cotton. So they're probably getting to that stage where they're going to start seeing issues with black root rot. Growers that have grown back-to-back cotton have got there a lot quicker and have been dealing with black root rot for a number of years already. Longer term growers, say at Hillston, where they've been growing for 20 plus years, have been dealing with black root rot for a long, long time now. And um Rotation crops uh, are not proving to be the answer. Rotating with wheat, for example, or maize doesn't reduce the level of black rot in that field, may not increase it, but it's certainly still going to be there the next time you plant that crop. Growing legume crops as an alternative for rotation crop may even increase black rot. So yeah, very, very limited ability to reduce black rot once the infection is in that field. Uh, definitely doesn't make it any easier. And Kieran, mate, I know you do a lot of, of work with black root rot. What are some of the mistakes you see growers making that can impact the um, severity of black root rot on their farm? I think it comes down to, you know, the only option we've really got is an 
integrated disease management focus. So getting fields level. So we haven't got that cool waterlogging effect in patches. Making sure hills and beds are well formed tend, tends to be a tendency to grow some of the lower density uh, seed varieties. And uh, if you have a known field of black root rot, you've really got to grow the medium density varieties. So I've got 714 B3F is really your best option. It's knowing your risk. And you know, if you can work out, you know, whether from uh, some of the crown analytical soil testing or from vegetation maps that, you know, you do have those patches in your field. If you've got a choice between fields for a cotton crop, you should steer away from those high-risk fields. You mentioned soil testing, mate. Do you think that's something that growers should start doing if they haven't started already to monitor black root rot on their farm? If Alan wants to make a comment, but it, it does give you an indication of, of where you're at in certain fields, but you can actually probably see that in a previous NDVI map that you have patches. Problem is with black root rot, Steve Allen did a lot of work and it just shows that it moves in water, uh, the spores, and also in trash. So eventually those patches that might be as big as a car become like half a football field and eventually it goes right through the whole field. Yeah, and do you think you you see any difference between irrigation methods? I know down south there's a lot a lot of flood irrigation where guys have gone from from flood irrigated rice to to cotton and already had the infrastructure for flood irrigation. Do you see any differences in there? Do you want to comment on that, Alan? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like we have, we also have a lot of um, overhead spray irrigation, and and some of those fields which have been in cotton for a long time are probably some of our worst black root rot fields. So. In terms of water movement, it probably suggests that that's not the biggest factor. Maybe cultivation with machinery might be moving those spores around within those fields more than water, that would suggest. I guess in terms of trying to reduce spore loads, we have tried rotating with rice crops on a couple of occasions and it does give a short-term reduction in spore load. So we do have less impact for the following cotton crop or two perhaps but then it has come back fairly quickly does that answer your question angus yeah it does mate definitely thank you um kieran do you want to comment on some of the work you've been doing in the past few years on black root rot as well as some of the some of the other work i know the um there's been a few trials down there conducted by csiro that are showing some promises from a a breeding perspective csiro through the cotton breeder warwick stiller has proof of concept where they've actually taken plants that are related to cotton and transferred that resistance into some cotton. So they've done it for uh, probably 15 years to get to this point. So they've had the proof of concept and it does show a lot of promise. But Warwick would be, every time you ask him, he says it's seven to 10 years away He has come down a little bit on that and maybe six to eight years away. The problem is there's no guarantee that that resistance can be transferred into 
an agronomically suitable variety. So there's still a fair bit of work to go. So from a management perspective, growers shouldn't be thinking we've found the silver bullet. Um, We've still no guarantee it is going to get to commercialisation. So we're basically back to integrated disease management to tread water with this disease. Yeah, and I think a lot of people out there would be really surprised that to build to um, breed resistance into high-yielding cotton varieties, it can take up to 30 years of, of work, which is a bloody long time. So, guys, I know you've been banging your head over black fruit rot for the past, I don't know how many years, but what can growers change uh, from a management perspective to reduce the impact of black root rot on their farms? Uh, Angus, um, yeah, I think Kieran touched on them earlier, but um, obviously planting the high-density seed varieties, the 714B3F is a start. Planting into a warm soil temperatures helps, but there's no guarantee you're going to get warm temperatures after that once the cotton's established. So it's really in the lap of yeah, what, what, what the future temperatures are as to how severe black root rot is going to be. Obviously, field keeping fields level, Kieran, Kieran mentioned that before, we tend to really see black root take off when you have a waterlogging event or, or areas of fields that are not kept level and drained. That's a big one. No, definitely. And we've seen some differences, not major differences, but some differences between watering up fields and pre-irrigating. So pre-irrigation allows the soil to warm up a bit more before you plant, whereas watering up can cool the soil temperature down significantly. Do you, have you seen any differences in that scenario on black root rot? Um, not, not necessarily. Again, it comes back to the temperatures that you are getting in really in late October and into November. That's black root rot really sets itself up. It's not, it's not as critical in that germination stage, I guess, potentially. Um, but but it is in, in, in theory, that is an industry recommendation to pre-water and to help in, incre- increase the soil temperatures that you're planning on to. Yeah, and of course, CSD have their um, soil temperature network throughout each valley. So I encourage farmers to keep a, keep a close eye on that and, and plant when the conditions are right. So we'll, we'll start to finish off. It's a bit of a tough question, but and you've mentioned some of the stuff that's, that's coming through breeding, but uh, what lies in the future for the battle against black root rot? Um, I might just comment again on the breeding. I mean, obviously Warwick Stiller and CSIRO have have their varieties that they're trying to, or black root rot tolerant, tolerant varieties that they're trying to pull through to commercialisation over the next, you know, the medium term, I guess. Um, I would just like to see the cotton industry put as much funding into that as possible because, uh, yeah, the cotton industry in the south is is really hinging on that result. We're going to be treading water and uh, between now and then and also um, potentially the cotton industry will start to decline in that same time frame down here, the way, the way it's playing out. So it's a huge issue. Yeah, we need to uh, resolve it with some good varieties in the future. Yeah, Angus, I, there's been so much. I don't know if growers really realise it, but there's been probably 30 years of work looking at are there any solutions, you know, with down-the-slot fungicides? Unfortunately, very few candidates show much promise. It's sort of a partial solution, but that work needs to be ongoing as we try to um, 
overcome this major threat. Definitely, and it, and it sounds like you know we are going to battle with black root rot for a number of years um, into the future. There is some light at the end of the tunnel with the, with the breeding. The guys at CSIRO do a fantastic job with that. Like you said, we've tried um, countless different products down the furrow, and and none of them seem to be a silver bullet. And I don't know if we'll get a silver bullet through one of those products for black root rot, but. You know, it's it's just something growers are going to have to to deal with for a few years and and be mindful and and do those little things to try and try and reduce the severity on their farm. I think practice some basic come clean, go clean on their farm. I think we'll wrap that up there, guys. Thank you very much. That was extremely informative. Thanks for your time. Hopefully, we get a bit of warm weather in the next couple of days. It doesn't feel like it at the moment, but it'll be nice to to dry out and, and start picking again. No worries. Thanks. Angus. Thanks, Angus. Thanks, gents. Good on you. A big thanks to Kieran and Alan for joining me today and giving their insights and tips into dealing with black root rot. I'll wrap this up now. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 